you guys have had plenty of time to wake up. Let's do that one more time. Good morning. Thank you. That's awesome. Proud of you guys. So this morning, uh, I want to welcome you to Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church, where we encounter the living God together, where we equip one another for the work of the ministry, and where we seek to evangelize those who are lost. My name is James Coleman. I'm the student minister here. If you are a first-time visitor with us, I would want to encourage you to check out our Welcome Center following the service. We have a gift for you, and along with that gift is some information about our church, how you can be involved and get, uh, get into one of our groups and be a part of our community. If you're with us online this morning, we want to welcome you and encourage you to say hi in the comments and in the chat. Um, so this morning, I'd like to share Joshua 1.9 with you. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be in dread or be dismayed, for Yahweh, your God, is with you wherever you go. Church, it is true that we can trust God to be with us in every situation and in every place that we find ourselves. He guides us, he strengthens us, and he comforts us. Have you called out to him this week? Have you called out to him this morning? Have you come here searching for something about this God that you've heard about but never known? Do you need strengthening today? Because we all do. We're all in need of a Savior. So at this time, would you please stand and greet one another in the name of Jesus and continue standing as we go into worship. Jesus saves, dealt to sinners far and wide. 
Amen. You may be seated. That's a powerful song, isn't it? You know why it's so powerful is we're singing about the powerful name of Jesus Christ, the wonderful name, the beautiful name of Jesus Christ. There is power and authority in the name of Jesus Christ. Maybe you've come in today feeling hopeless. Maybe you've come in today doubting. Maybe you've come in today battling illness or depression or addiction. Maybe you're struggling with your past. You're struggling with guilt. But in the name of Jesus Christ, we are saved and we are forgiven. Isn't that awesome that we have his forgiveness? And I'm so grateful that we are a church that believes and the power of prayer. And I know if you're here today or you're watching online, you are going through something. Maybe it's a great time in your life, but maybe it's a difficult time. And God meets us right where we are, in our pain or in our suffering or, again, in our sin and our lostness. And today, if you want to come and tap into that mighty power, this altar is open for you to kneel or you can come and stand. You can stand from where you are. People watching today, that can be your altar wherever you're praying. But the Holy Spirit is here today. I hope you feel his presence. And he wants to help you and help me. He wants to draw us closer to him. So I'm going to invite you at this time, if you feel led, to come join me at this altar as we lift up our prayers together. Would you come pray with me today? May we pray together. God, Thank you that Jesus saves. Thank you, O oh God, that there is no other name under heaven and earth whereby we must be saved than the name that is above all names, the name of Jesus Christ. God, we have come today with grateful hearts. We have come, Father, with humble hearts. Some of us, God, have come with broken hearts, grieving hearts, others, Lord, doubting, confused. But Lord, we know that you meet us where we are in the midst of our pain, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our grief. Father, we continue to lift up so many who are grieving today. We continue to lift up Alva Barnes and her family and the loss of her husband, Willie. We Father, remember all the families grieving today. Father, we lift up Julie Jackson's brother, Mike, who's in critical care. And we pray, Lord, for a miracle of healing, if that's your will. Father, we pray so many in our church are going through chemotherapy or radiation treatments. We pray for your divine healing and to anoint the doctors Father, as they treat them, and we pray for your healing and for your will to be done. Father, we pray for families that are divided, that need healing, reconciliation. We pray for marriages 
that are struggling, that you would heal these relationships. We pray that the fog of depression would be lifted, that loneliness would be lifted, that addiction would be lifted. And God, that someone or many today would come to know Jesus, then they would receive the free gift of salvation, mercy, and grace. Father, we continue to pray for our nation, for our leaders, for our military, for revival and spiritual awakening, beginning in our hearts, the heart of this church, our community, our state, our country, and our world. And we know you can do it. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to move through this service, that you would sing and play through our musicians and speak through your word and through your servant and that your Holy Spirit would change us, transform us, mold us, shape us to be more like Jesus. For it is in the beautiful, the wonderful, the powerful name of Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen. I'm going to direct your attention to the screens for a very important ministry that will begin on February 13th. Thank you so much. I encourage you, if you have not uh, been to Grief Share before it will begin on February 13th at, at 6 p.m. It's a wonderful ministry led by some wonderful folks who will be sharing in your loss and encouraging you and one another uh, with God's help to get through this very difficult time. So I encourage you to sign up and be a part of this special ministry that I'm grateful 
that we have in this church. But today, if you have your Bible, I'm going to invite you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. And as you're doing that, again, I'm grateful for our musicians here leading us today. Thank you all, guys. You sound great. And again, the Spirit of God is moving. Beginning with verse 13 of Ephesians chapter 1. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
Thank you. I love that song. What a simple message, but a powerful message that we would walk in his ways each and every day. I always like to start with a little humor uh, before uh, the message. And uh, yesterday I had a man to come to my house. He was knocking rather hard on my door, beating the door. And I went to the door and he said, I just want you to know that your dog has been chasing my little boy on a bicycle. And I said, sir, I'm sorry, you're mistaken. My dog does not own a bicycle. Your dog has been chasing my little boy on a bicycle anyway. There are a lot of uncertainties in life. I mean, even with the modern technology and Doppler radars, it's still hard to even predict the weather. The weather is uncertain. We look at our economy, the economy is uncertain. We look at gas prices, gas prices are uncertain. We look at our plans, they are uncertain. We look at the NCAA tournament, we don't know which teams are gonna make it, it's, it's uncertain. We look at relationships, many times they're uncertain. We look at the future, it's uncertain. We don't even know about tomorrow, it's uncertain. And I think about when I was in college, I was in class with a, a guy who was very intelligent and sometimes when I wanted to check my answer with his, to ask him if it was right, I would say, is this answer right? And he would look at my paper and say, probably not for sure. And I'm like, okay, well that helped a lot. He, he was uncertain of the answer, probably not for sure. In our scripture today, we see Paul writing the church at Ephesus not to address any particular problem, but really to uh, spur these believers on uh, that they would praise God of all of his blessings that they had in and through Christ. What kind of blessings? Well, they had been adopted, accepted, redeemed, secured and sealed and he also was sharing with them that through the spirit of god that we are empowered to live out the work that he has given us to do and also through his great power we can take our stand against the attacks of our enemy the devil so i'm so grateful for the spirit of god and this was also believed to be a circular letter that was not just to the people of Ephesus, but that circulated to other churches in the nearby region. So when we think about the Spirit of God, we've been going through a sermon series called Greater Strength. And we've been looking at the many different roles of the Holy Spirit. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as an advocate or as a helper. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as a teacher. We've looked at the Holy Spirit as a wind that helps us as we live out our faith in Christ. We've looked at the Holy Spirit last week as an intercessor. When we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will intercede on our behalf with 
wordless groans are words that cannot be expressed. And today we look at the Holy Spirit as a seal. And it's my prayer today that if you're here and you're going through an uncertain time in your relationship, in your finances, uncertain about your faith, you, you have a lot of uncertainty. There's one thing that you must be sure of today. The one thing that you need to be certain of is your salvation in Jesus Christ. That's the one thing that you need to know for sure. You need to be certain of your salvation. If you were to die today, you need to be certain that you would go to heaven, that you would be with the Lord. So I pray that the Lord will remove any doubts, any uncertainties, and that you would know for sure today through the Spirit of God that you are saved. Jesus saves, we sang. And he does, and he will. And all you have to do is call out to him and trust in him. You know, each week, if you haven't figured it out yet, if you've visited here before, you've been here quite some time, when I preach, I usually preach with points, and many times I use alliteration where the points will all begin with the same letter. Have you all ever noticed that about me before? No, people haven't paid attention. After the joke, you all tune me out, don't you? You got your joke to go tell the office tomorrow after that? Don't care about the sermon, but through the years, I've used alliteration for two reasons. Each point will start with the same letter. I do that first so you can remember the message. Like, oh yeah, that was the three T's, the three E's, the three P's. That was the three C's. And then secondly, I do it so I can remember. <laughs> it's easier for me to remember the points by being able to start with the same letter. Oh, what's the second T? What's the second T? So that was just a little secret on sometimes people. How do you preach without notes? Well... I try to remember in my mind the outline and the points, and through the help of the Holy Spirit, we get through it. Well, as I was preparing this message, felt led to do this scripture today, the alliteration wasn't coming. <laughs> and, you know, you don't want to try to force something just to, to make the point start with the same letter, you know. It's like, Lord, you've got to help me. Now, you all might think this is crazy, or you might be surprised, or you go, uh-uh. But I believe it was from the Lord. He gave me a song, and the song were the points that I was looking for. It was a 1970 hit song by Stevie Wonder, Signed, Sealed, Delivered, I'm Yours. Do y'all remember that song? Signed, Sealed, Delivered, I'm Yours. I'm like, thank you, Lord, that's it. I am not going to sing the song. Even though people are at the early service and now I've got that song on my mind, I'm going to be singing it the rest of the day. But in our scripture today, begin with verse 13, Paul said, And you were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. You were included in Christ. The sign is signing our lives completely over to him. Signing our lives completely over to him. 
when he said, as it were, you were. Well, the you were were the Ephesians who were primarily Gentiles. And so when he was saying this, this gospel of salvation is for everyone, but including you, the Gentiles, when you heard the message of truth. Now, what was the message of truth that he was referring to? Well, it was Christian ministers sharing the Christian message. It was about the word of truth. Now, Jesus said in John 17, 17, sanctify them with the truth. The word is truth. And if you would look at the meaning of sanctify, is hagiazo in Greek, which means to set apart or to be holy. And so when it says sanctify them, is to make people holy, to set them apart. I've told you many times, we are called as followers of Christ to be different than the world, to be holy because he is holy. There should be a marked difference in the way that we live and the world lives. And if there's not, then we better look at ourselves and say, what is it, God, that I need to change through your spirit and through your power? We are called to a higher standard. We are called as children of Christ to be different. But he also taught them about the truth of the world. Now, when Jesus said in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first, what does he mean by the world? The human system opposes God's purposes. When I say the human system, I'm talking about the corrupt world in which we live. It opposes God's purposes. But that's why Jesus said in John 16, 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. So I'm so grateful he gives us peace and the power to overcome the corrupt world in which we live. Remember, Paul said in Romans 12 too, do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world, but rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind or your spirit. But also the truth that he was talking about, I believe, was, was talking about the truth of Jesus and his love and providing a way for us. Remember John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we are grateful that Paul was reminding these believers that Jesus has made a way. And through his spirit, we can be sure of our salvation. And when you think of signing, signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. I think the basis of that song, whether it was Stevie Wonder talking about his own life or, or someone else, it was a man who had done a lot of foolish things. And then when he came to his senses and he realized how good he had it in the relationship that he had been in, 
he went back with repentant tears and he pledged his love and commitment to his lady and he said, my future is in your hands. And so when it says signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours, it's like a special delivery, a package that's been signed, sealed, and now that's being delivered to the one that he loved. That's us in Christ. That's us in Christ. When we sign, that's personal. When you sign your name, it's personal. We are to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I shared at the early service years ago, um, a couple of our deacons and I went to make a visit. It was it was Tommy Lippert who's gone to be with the Lord and Bill Tabor. Bill, you may recall this. We went to pay a visit with someone who was a prospect for the church. We had a great visit and and uh, the three three of us would visit quite often and some people called us the three musketeers, some the three amigos, but most called us the three stooges. But the fact is, we had a visit, I shared Christ, we shared Christ with this person. We invited them to church and the whole visit went well, but the gentleman was non-responsive, really didn't, you know, really didn't make any big commitment. And then as we were walking to the car, I remember it like yesterday, as we were walking to the car, the fellow said, sign me up. Write me down. And I looked at Tommy and Bill and I said, I'm not sure, and I'm going to change the name to protect the, the innocent or the guilty. But I said, I think John just accepted Christ and joined the church. Sign me up. Write me down. But I want to tell you all this. Someone else can't sign you up to be a follower of Christ. That's something that you have to do. No one else can write your name down. You have to be willing to sign your name on that line to say, I'm sold out and surrendered to Jesus Christ. That's the sign part that we have signed our lives completely over to him. And then when it says sealed... It said, when you believed, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. That when you believed, you were sealed in him with the promise of the Holy Spirit. When we think of sealed, we think about licking an envelope and sealing it closed. We think about sealing something where we might get a, a notary to notarize a contract to seal the deal. When we say sealed, it means ownership. It, it means that the contents are protected. So when we think about the sealing of the Holy Spirit, it seals our salvation and protects us from the many different things that we face on a daily basis. In Romans chapter 4, verse 11, Paul recalls Abraham when Abraham uh, received circumcision as a sign. It was a seal of his righteousness by the faith he had in God. Circumcision 
was his seal. You look in Revelation chapter 7, verse 3, it talks about, and they put seals on the foreheads of the servants of God to identify them as the children of God and also to protect them from the wrath that was coming. But in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, it says, Since you received this spirit, you were adopted into sonship. And then if you would read on, it says, Since we have this spirit, it speaks to our spirit and lets us know we're the children of God. Isn't that great to know? Look, the devil can tempt you. The devil can lure you. The devil can woo you the devil even for a season can influence you but the devil can take no ownership of you because we are sealed by the holy spirit isn't that great to know i was gonna break into my mc hammer you can't touch this you know but anyway but i am so thankful today that we are protected this when we are sealing the sealing means we are owned by god and we are protected and our salvation is secure in the lord and i'm so grateful for that today max Lucado in his book help us here which i felt the lord led me to and as i was praying about his sermon series i was so grateful that one of our members gave me this book and there was a story Max Licato shared that I want to share with you that was just a great um, reminder that we are God's children. When he was 10 years old, about 10, his parents were sending him to stay a week with his grandparents. And they were in Texas. And he said as, as they uh, were sending him, they were sending him on a bus, a 10-year-old on a three-hour bus trip to his grandparents. And so um, Mike Cicado said his dad, before he got on the bus, um, gave him some money and said, buy yourself some candy. But attached to that money was a note, and he placed it in Max's shirt pocket. And then his mother hugged him and kissed him and said, don't get off the bus, don't talk to anybody unless an absolute necessity for you to get off the bus and go take care of business, you otherwise stay on the bus. So he got on the bus, and he did what he was told. He sat in his seat, and he watched the beautiful scenery passing by as he was riding on the bus. Then he got curious as he was on the trip, and he pulled out of his shirt pocket that money. And then he opened the note that his dad had written. You know what the note said? This boy belongs to Jack and Thelma Licato. And then he put their address and a phone number in case he got separated from his family or got lost. They would hopefully get him reconnected to his family. This boy belongs to Jack and Thelma Licato. That's what the Holy Spirit does for us. This child belongs to God. 
And if we should get separated from our family, the Holy Spirit will help us reconnect with our family of faith and get us back to where we need to be with our family. I'm so grateful today that we are signed and sealed and lastly, delivered, I'm yours. If you look in verse 14 that the Holy Spirit is a deposit that guarantees our redemption until, uh, until we are redeemed as God's possession. Glory and praise to him. And I am so grateful today that we have a guarantee that we have been delivered from the sin in our lives. In Psalm 103, verse 12, it says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed your transgressions from you. You look in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. He said, I am the one who blots out your transgressions and remembers your sins no more. We have been forgiven. We have been delivered with the promise of an inheritance. In Ephesians 4.30, Paul said, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Isn't that great news? That we have been delivered and we have the, the promise of eternal life in heaven. We are signed, we are sealed, we're delivered. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours. And I want to live my life in such a way to bring glory and honor to you. I want to close by sharing a story that that Max Cato also shared that was a powerful message. Nick Brown was a 38-year-old husband and father of two girls. He lived in a rural county in Ohio. And Nick Brown was the first in his county to uh, come down with the coronavirus. He didn't know where he got it, how he got it, but he got it. This otherwise healthy man um, got very sick. In a, in a short amount of time, so much so that they took him to the Cleveland Clinic where he immediately was put in ICU. And as Nick was in the ICU, the medical professionals were working day and night to try to restore his health to, to help him. But eventually, they met with the family and tried to prepare them for the end of his life. And each day, the, the medical team would write on the glass door of that ICU room, goals for the day. And then at the end of the goals, they wrote the resolve, we will get you home. And that was their goal, and that was their plan. Slowly, Nick's body began to recover. Gradually, he would get stronger. Finally, he would be completely healed and he would make it home. 
And I think about some of you today are here and you're weak. You're struggling. And maybe you're struggling physically. Maybe you're struggling mentally, emotionally, financially, relationally. But maybe it's spiritual. I see it all the time. Until you get your spiritual house in order, don't expect everything else to go smoothly. It won't. When we get our spiritual lives where they need to be, then other things will start falling in place. Doesn't mean that we'll be exempt. It, it won't mean that you won't have trouble still. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we will get through it. And the Holy Spirit wants to see us get safely home. We want to get there, don't we? I'm not talking about getting home to eat your lunch in a few minutes. I'm talking about getting to our eternal home. That's where we want to be one day. It seems like I do more and more funerals every week. Every week. It reminds me of how brief life really is. And how we need to be prepared and ready when that time comes. Are you ready today? Have you done what you need to do to secure your salvation in Christ? Have you signed your life over to him? I'm completely yours. Have you trusted in him to say, you've sealed my salvation. I am protected. Have you been willing to say, I have been forgiven, and I am going to continue to live my life for you, Lord, every moment of every day. If you're not sure, if you're uncertain, it would be my privilege to pray with you so you can be sure today. You can be certain today. And the devil can quit playing mind games and making you think, I think so, probably not for sure, I, I don't know. You can be sure today. Don't you want to be sure of your salvation in Christ? Won't you come in just a moment as we pray together? God, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any people here today, men, women, young people, children, people watching that have never secured their salvation in Christ. We know you love us. We know you have forgiven us. We know that you have sealed us and secured us. And you're going to get us home one day. And Lord, because we don't know when that time may be, may we be prepared. And the best way we can be prepared is to turn our eyes and our hope and our faith and trust into Jesus. And when we do that, the things of this old earth will grow strangely dim. So God, give us the boldness today to do what we need to do, to come to you, to renew our commitment, to get off the bench, to get in the game, that we'll unite with this family of faith. And then, Father, we'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor for the victories we trust you to bring. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand at this time, and we're going to sing a hymn of commitment. It would be my privilege to pray with you about your decision. Won't you come as we sing together?
moment. I am so thankful for this one who some of you probably thought was already a member. Uh, she's been coming uh, the last couple of months and has become very active and involved. And today, Karen Hawkins comes to unite with this family of faith uh, coming from a sister church. Not only is she coming and she feels the Holy Spirit here and is led by the Holy Spirit here, but she also wants to rededicate her life to Jesus Christ today and have a fresh start and a new beginning in her life. Karen, we welcome you and know the Spirit of God has led you here, and we pledge our love and prayers and support to you as we all grow in his likeness together. I know you want to pledge your love and prayers to Karen by letting it be known by saying amen and applause. Amen. We welcome you. You can be seated. And in a moment, Karen, I'm going to ask you if you would to join me out in the foyer so people can give you a warm welcome to this family of faith. And I want to thank you all for being here today. I pray that you have felt the, the Holy Spirit, that you will go from this place encouraged to live a life that's holy and pleasing. Don't forget tonight we do have our children's activities, youth activities, some small groups, coffee and connections. Kelly and I'd love to visit with you all in the children's wing in the foyer there if you want to come. It's just an informal laid back discussion about how we can grow in the Lord and, and support one another. So we invite you to come. And then if not tonight, we hope to see you Wednesday at five fellowship meal downstairs. You can sign up online or at the welcome center or uh, Join us for prayer meeting at 6. We pray and we worship the Lord in this place and we'd invite you to come. But thank you for being here today. I'm going to invite you at this time to stand and uh, we're going to sing the first stanza of Jesus Saves and you can sing it like you mean it and then we'll close out in prayer. But God bless you. Know how much we love you and he loves you even more. Let's sing together. Thank you for the salvation we have in Christ and for your Holy Spirit that seals our salvation. And may we go here today encouraged, God, inspired to live a life that's holy and pleasing and that we would share with others the message of Christ and his love. For it is in the beautiful, wonderful, powerful name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. 